We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, everybody, and welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas 10 is where you can find me, veteransminimum.com, as you can find all things VM. We're recording out the Blue Wire studio here in Las Vegas. My guy on the other end, another Kenny, back-to-back Kennys, but my guy, Kenny King Jr. What's good, bro? What's good, Nick? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm always, I'm always happy to see you, as you can see the smile on my face. And I'm always excited <laughs> to talk to you. My guy. But uh, would you would you call no doubt, us no last doubt. time? Last time we linked up, would you call us? Crocking and we were crocking and tubs, right? Nah, that was definitely not it, bro. Wasn't it like? Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's uh, Riggs and Murtaugh. Wasn't it a lethal weapon? No, oh no, oh I got it. Starsky and Hutch. That's Starsky. You- I knew it was one of those. <laughs> I knew it was one of those dynamic duos that just you know they just they just do great things when they're together, and that's that's what we do. We we put out fire every time. Yeah, man. Uh, when's, when's the next time you're pulling up to Vegas? Uh, the way it looks right now, I think uh, it's going to be the last game of the season against the Chiefs. I was going to come out for the Charger game. Uh, decided not to. Um, I know a lot of Charger fans are going to be sad, all 17 of them. Um, but uh, decided I'm going to go to the Rams game instead, so I'll be down in L.A. But, yeah, it'll be the last game of the season uh, for the Chiefs. We'll be out there. I mean, you know, you... You're a big Raider guy. You cover the Raiders. You love the Raiders. Uh, I was very mm-hmm. critical of the Raiders coming into the season. You uh, you lit yeah. me up on social media, bro. You sent yeah. you sent Raider Nation after me when I put out my predictions, and I feel like you might owe me an apology, don't you? Yeah, season's not over yet. You know, I, I know the Raiders had a rocky start. They went on a four game losing streak. They're three and seven right now, but the season's not over. And if you ask any Raider fan, we'll say we'll. There's, there's two pockets of Raider fans, right? You have the pocket of Raider fans that say the season's not over and that we still have a chance to pull out with the winning season. And then there's the pocket of Raider fans that say, oh, tank for a quarterback. I'm on the side that says well, the season's not over. Let's see what happens this season and, and let the season play out. So I'm not going to apologize to you yet. I don't feel bad. I don't feel sorry. I have no remorse. 
And I will not have any remorse until the end of the season if I'm wrong. But I know that I'm not wrong because I'm never wrong. <laughs> Dude, when I, I said, I think I had them at 6 and 11. I, I got to double take that. So because- four more games. Four more games will already beat your number. So, I mean, yeah, but they they just checked a lot of the boxes of things that I'm concerned anytime I come into a season. You know, the one-score games, you're seeing that now, right? Like, how you guys have lost all your games yeah. by one score. Last year, you didn't. And that's something that I always harp on, that you just can't expect that year in, year out. And I'm looking at the schedule here from the Raiders, and tough game this week, a game that, I'm almost positive Raider Nation looking at in the beginning of the year when everyone does that win-loss, win-loss thing. Probably had this one as a game that they might be winning. That's a tough one against Seattle. You mentioned that they do play Mm -hmm. the Niners also. I know they play the Niners. They play the Chargers rest of the way. They got another game with Kansas City. So, I don't know, man. How would you describe what happened to the Raiders this year? Like, what's the the biggest issue? I think the biggest issue is the... Locker room, you know, you have a new coach comes in, sets a, sets a culture, changes the culture of what the locker room has. Um, you have some young guys in there, a lot of new guys, maturity issues, and I think it's what happened was, you know, people kind of clashing and butting heads, and some people not being on the same page as others. And I think what we saw is Sunday when the Raiders beat the Broncos is they finally came together and looked kind of like, you know, they they found a way to win. They came together. You know, it was a bend but don't break. You know, defense gave us points, offense missed some things but they were able to get it together and come back. And you look at the, sh- the locker room after the game and those guys came together and they were able to, you know, embrace each other and really put together an actual full game, which they haven't been able to do. So you look at it kind of as turning the corner and I know it's the Broncos and the Broncos are in shambles right now, but at the same time, that was the number one rated defense. And that defense had never given up more than 20 points except for twice the season to who the Raiders. And so that's where I look at it is, you know, this is a team that's slowly turning the corner and it's just a culture shift. It's a culture change. And luckily they have guys in the locker room that they can lead that charge. You have guys like Derek Carr, Max Crosby, uh, Darren Waller, who's, you know, on injured reserve right now, but he's a guy who, you know, really helps to lead that change in the locker room. It's a culture change and uh, it just takes some time. Derek Carr, how, how come, how come he gets so much hate from the fan base? In because Raider fans, yeah, because Raider fans are, are they're a grass is greener type type fan base. And so, you know, they see a they see a Pat Mahomes or they see a Lamar Jackson or they see a Jalen Hurts and they say, Well, why can't our quarterback do that? It's like you have a quarterback who's who's doing everything that is that's being asked of him. He's scoring points. He's he's leading the franchise in, in every quarterback record. He's doing everything that he can do to go out there and win. He's leading he's leading the NFL in most comebacks since two thousand and fourteen. Yet that's not good enough because they see Mahomes doing things, you know, throwing throwing the ball behind his back and, and crazy, crazy passes, stuff like that. And they think that everybody can do that. They think the Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson grow on trees. They don't. And so they think that they're going to find that in the next draft. And unfortunately, they forget what Raider fans, what, what we had before that. You know, the Jamarcus Russells, the Kerry Collins, the Jason Campbells, the Carson Palmers, the 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 Charlie Fries, the the I mean the Billy Joe Hoberts. I think the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And they forget that because they can't they can't just enjoy what they have. That's exactly it. The grass is not always greener. You never know what you have until it's gone, right? That's another analogy that mm-hmm. we've grown up on, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. relationships quarterbacks, right? Like, dude, I, you know what I would do to have Eli Manning back? Like the Eli Manning yeah. during that era? 
It's hard, bro. Like to me, I've always said this about the quarterback position. How you define a franchise quarterback, well, it, it's going to be different from how uh, I define one. But to me, if I get a quarterback and for the next decade, I don't need to address that position. I don't need to spend yes. first round pick, second round pick, trade to move up in the draft. And I'm good for a decade. Now, does he get hurt? Mm -hmm. If he gets hurt, sure. That's something that I, I'm not accounting for because I don't think you should ever draft right. anyone with the expectation like, oh, he might go down. I think that's a little weird. But to me, with the quarterback yeah. position, I define a franchise QB. Yo, I take you wherever I find you, right? Like Dallas, they found Dak in day two and or day three mm -hmm. in the draft. Mm -hmm. But unless he's hurt, Dak is the guy in Dallas. So to me, that's a franchise right. quarterback. No shit I would want him to be Pat Mahomes. But guess what? There's only one Pat Mahomes. So this idea exactly. that you have a guy like Derek Carr, bro, you listed off all the quarterbacks that they've had in, in Oakland and now in Vegas. I mean, it's been Carr since he's gotten to Vegas. But, like, dude, don't, don't take that stuff for granted, bro, because you're going to end up being like the Colts who have cycled through six quarterbacks in five years. Right? Exactly. It's very rare where you get a guy like Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Brady, well, Brady's a bad example, but that passing of the baton, that don't happen. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to happen in Indianapolis too, but luck retires. And now you're looking at it like, right. know, what happened in Cincinnati between Carson Palmer and Joe Burrow? And Derek Carr, to me, yeah. Derek Carr brings stability, which is the number one factor for me when it comes to that position. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's, the, one, that's the one place you want to have stability at. If you can't, Especially when when you have all these coaching changes, right? Derek Carr's had what five head coaches in in his in his nine years, um, you know, six offensive coordinators. You want to have some kind of stability that way you can keep things together. And what I do like about what this new regime has done with Dave, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, because I've been very critical of Josh McDaniels in recent weeks, and I think it's rightfully so. But I think what I do like is they kept that nucleus together. You keep Derek Carr, you keep Darren Waller, you keep Max Crosby, you keep Hunter Renfro. I don't know what they're going to do with Josh Jacobs. I hope that they extend him, but you know, Josh is going to be looking at a big payday. And do you really want to invest that much money into the offense when you have severe needs on the defense? And so, you know, I think that that's, that's one of the things you just keep that nucleus together and you have some continuity. It keeps everybody feeling better about, you know, the team inside that locker room. I mean, not only the offense are you spending money, you're also going to spend money on a position then, right? Uh, yo, uh, my team too. Yeah. They're going to have to make a decision on Saquon. Right. And the Giants this entire yeah. season, every Monday that I come on, I'm laughing that they're winning games. I think they got exposed last week. A lot of the issues that I've had with that team all year came into fruition. But the Giants offense is, Saquon, please do something. And Daniel Jones, don't throw the ball mm -hmm. more than 15 times a game. And Saquon Barkley is going to mm -hmm. be up for a new contract also. Josh Jacobs, another one. And, dude, I'm not, yeah. paying, I'm not paying running backs. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, because you see running backs get paid. And outside of Derrick Henry, what do they do afterwards? And he also you know, got hurt got too, paid. right? He like, right. He got hurt right after he got paid. So, And, and I want to I preface by saying I want all the players to get the bag. Under no condition am I saying don't. Don't get paid. But I'm talking about it from a fan and organization standpoint. Like, bro, get your money. Right. Especially running backs. Right? Like, yeah. especially that position. However, 
it puts a stranglehold on the ceiling of your team. I, I agree, especially with all the running backs in the league that you've seen that, you know, that kept come day three, day four, undrafted, and just blow the top off the offense. And so it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you want to pay your guy, but you also don't want to pay them too much because you don't want to hamstring the rest of the team. If you can spend that money on a linebacker, if you can spend that money on a safety or a corner, which is a bigger need on the team, then you definitely want to do that. But with Josh being one of the top five backs in the league right now, that's a big question the Raiders have at the end of the season. Yeah, a lot of teams always run into those issues. Again, it's always been a polarizing topic when it comes to paying the running back or not paying them. But you just see these dudes all the time. Yeah. Like, bro, just look at Chicago's backfield, right? David Montgomery goes down. Herbert would step in. And I know Herbert's hurt now, but he would step in and he was having big games also. Madison in Minnesota with mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook. He's been another guy that anytime Dalvin Cook is out, if I have a chance and I'm playing Daily Fantasy or... I have a chance to bet a prop of his with the utmost confidence. So to me, that position is just so, it's not difficult to find someone to be productive. Right. And that's one of the issues that you run into when you're a Josh Jacobs and a Saquon Barkley, and then you're the Raiders and the Giants. No, totally agree with that. Let me ask you, I want to, I want to play this game with you, you know, kind of keep the theme of Thanksgiving and being thankful for things or, you know, maybe, I don't know, what, what's like a side at Thanksgiving that anytime you see it on the table, you're kind of sick about it? I would say I'm not a big fan of green bean casserole. Um, and then the, the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows, I can, I can do with or without. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not salivating over that. It's not something I get excited for. It's not something I get up for. I always eat sweet potatoes. Like, it's part of like my, like my diet plan, my meal plans. Like, I'm eating that constantly. When it comes to Thanksgiving, bro, I want to eat stuff that I don't normally eat, right? Like, I'm not a big turkey guy. Exactly. Yes. So I don't want the the sweet potatoes. I don't want the ham, the smoked ham. I don't want that. You know, I want, like, I'm into the gravy, right? I'm not a big mashed Mm -hmm. potato guy, so I like that also. Stuffing is, I mean, I could do with just stuffing, if I'm being honest with you. I make the best stuffing. I'll tell you right now. I, I will put my stuffing up against anybody's grandma. I make the best stuff. <laughs> so, dude, when... when he knows I, how I said anybody's grandma because everybody's grandma makes the best stuff. Yeah. I make the best stuff. And, like, yo, you know what's crazy? Like, my grandma, when she's cooking up, no gloves. It's not sanitary. You know, like, it's yeah. just that raw. Yeah. That rawness is what you want. When you, it taste, to- you taste the love. You taste <laughs> the love. Yeah. But but if you, go, if you were to ever go to a restaurant and you see that, you'd be like, yo, what the hell is happening? You would never eat there. But if it's grandma. Because don't it's, love me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's yeah. grandma, it's like, nah, I want that, that you know, 77-year-old <laughs> off-the-boat Greek touch to it. You know, that's, that's what I want. But, bro, yeah. I got a list of a couple of teams. Uh, some have overperformed. Some have underperformed. Maybe you're not thankful for them. They've kind of let you down. And staying with the Thanksgiving theme. I kind of want to throw out some teams to you, and then we'll just have a conversation based on what your expectations were coming into the year, where they're at now. We're going to exclude our two teams because I feel as if, you know, we've, we've spent some time on them, and they always hear about us talking about the, our two teams. When we look at a team like the Detroit Lions, and I know at the time we're recording this, they might have already played, depending on where you hear this. But look, mm-hmm. the, Detroit is four and six. They were the popular team coming into the year, one of the most heavily wagered teams coming into the year because you have that 
hard knocks thing being dangled over you. You always mm-hmm. get a lot of public interest in the team that's on hard knocks for five weeks before the season starts. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Detroit? Is this a team you're thankful for? Is it a team that has let you down? Where are you with the Lions? The Lions can never let anybody down, right? I mean, <laughs> realistically, like nobody has high. Look, I know people are wagering on them, but nobody really has high expectations for the Lions. Like you look at the Lions, you're like, you know what? I look at the Lions and I look at the fan base of the Lions and I have the utmost amount of respect for them because they've been a complete dumpster fire since the inception of the Detroit Lions. And one thing I will say about them is they're an exciting team. They're, mm-hmm. they're a fun team to watch. They're a team that gets after it. They, they play hard. You know, their record really doesn't, doesn't reflect the effort that they put out there on the field. And I was big, big criticizer of Dan Campbell. And I think that Dan Campbell's done a tremendous job over there. Those guys play for him. He is a leader of men. And that's what you want to see in a coach. You, you don't want just a guy who knows the X's and O's. You want a guy that guys want to play for. And guys want to play for Dan Campbell. And I, I love what they're doing over there. And, you know, I think that, you know, they're, they're a fun team to watch. Yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with the quarterback? I don't know because they – when golf was over in maybe I, you know, I'll, I'll say this if a little bit has to do with the quarterback. I think that, you know, golf was in a position when he was in Los Angeles where he wasn't wanted. And I think to feel wanted, to be wanted as a quarterback, to be wanted as a player, it definitely makes you feel better. And you can see that he has a different swagger about him. He knows that he's wanted over there. He feels like he is the leader of that team. Uh, and he really has taken control of that team and, and, and led them. Um, so I definitely would say that it does add a little bit more to to golf as a quarterback. Uh, but I do I put a lot on Williams. I put a lot on on Campbell. Uh, those guys have just really come together, and everybody is is rallied around them. Also, I will say their social te- their social media team is top notch. I watch their TikToks, and <laughs> they put a good they put a good a great deal of social out there. The reason why I asked that about the quarterbacks, Kenny, is because I feel like Detroit, New England, Minnesota. Miami coming into the year, obviously now it's been completely different because we know Tua can hang and he has a lot of talent around him. And I think mm-hmm. McDaniel gets lost a little bit in the coach of the year conversation because everyone's hyped about mm-hmm. uh, Brian Dable, which, you know, like the Giants had such a bad seasons, <laughs> like a lot of bad seasons. <laughs> and, that, and now, you know, they're seven and three. And then you look at Sirianni also, they have a top record. Mm-hmm. But McDaniel, what he's done with Tua has really changed the expectations for me and for a lot of people. And going back to what I asked you about the quarterback, I feel like the quarterback has been so underwhelming for so long. Like golf, the Rams didn't want him. He leaves, and then they win the Super Bowl, right? Like, it's like, oh, damn, you were the reason. Like, we have a direct example as to you not being the guy. You look at Kirk Cousins, like Minnesota's winning all these games, and – Talk about a team to fade next year, right? Minnesota has an unbelievable one-score record this year. But it's one of those Mm -hmm. seasons where everything is going right for them. And I feel like it's because it's Kirk Cousins. It's because it's Mac Jones Mm -hmm. that they feel, you feel so hesitant, I should say, to crown these teams as being something. No, I I agree. You know, I think that the, the biggest knock on Kirk Cousins is always, can he get over the hump? You know, is he is he that guy that can lead them to the next level? Uh, we know Kirk's a, he's a serviceable quarterback. We know that he's he's a good quarterback, but is he that guy that when it comes time to get to the playoffs, when it comes time to to do something, is he that guy that can get over the hump? I know he wants to be that guy. I know that he has a lot to prove, but the question is always, can he? And so, 
Um, I think that's the biggest question there. Mac Jones, the question is, is he the guy? You know, we saw, you know, we saw Bailey Zappi come in and, and play well. And then he, he, then he falls and, and Mac comes back in and it's back and forth. Um, and so, you know, it's not one of those guys where you can crown that guy. You know, you look down in, in Miami and, and Tua is, Tua's a dude. I, I didn't think that he was going to be that dude, but he is the dude. Um, and so, yeah, it's it, having a quarterback and having a quarterback that you can rely on and say, this is our franchise quarterback. Going back to that franchise quarterback conversation, it takes a lot of stress off of the offense. It takes a lot of stress off the team. It takes a lot of stress off of coaching because now you don't have that question mark with who's in, who's the quarterback, who's the quarterback going to be. Miami is a team that I want to ask you about if we're thankful for. And to have fun with it, are you happy that they took Tyreek Hill away from the Chiefs? Yes. Um, so they are a team that I'm thankful for because I do have some friends that are Dolphins fans, and I like to see them happy. Um, I'm happy that Tyreek is out of the division, and you know he's you know over there and, and causing havoc on the on the East Coast. Um, but I would be lying if I I'd be lying if I would say I'm happy for his success. I'm not. I'm not a big Tyreek fan, but um, but he is doing some amazing numbers over there. So I think Miami is a great case study moving forward for teams that draft a quarterback and want to develop a young quarterback. One of my biggest issues, Kenny, in the mm-hmm. league prior to them trading for Claypool, I had a big issue with what Chicago was doing because you take Justin Fields when you did in the first round. It's like yo, you gave this dude nothing. Bro, you gave him Darnell Mooney, who isn't a... I feel like he could be an elite number two wide receiver. And Claypool isn't... Mm-hmm. He's not anything to be excited about, but it's the effort that I'm into, right? The Giants tried right. doing this with Daniel Jones. You spend big money on Kenny Galladay, which I want to throw up anytime I think Man. of him. But at the time <laughs> that you get Kenny Galladay, this is a dude who... From 2019 up until when he signed with the New York Giants, led the NFL in touchdowns. He was a very, his splits in the lineup and out of the lineup with Detroit were very, like, noticeable and they popped. And then you take Tony in the first round. You go and you acquire more weapons to see if Daniel Jones is the guy. Chicago, they didn't do that until the deadline when they realized maybe Justin Fields could be that. Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. I wasn't happy with all the money that they spent on Christian Kirk. Took an L on that because Christian Kirk has been really good for them this year. But it's the effort for a young quarterback. And that's what Miami did. So from that perspective, I'm super thankful for what Miami did because at least now you could have a legitimate evaluation of Tua being your guy. We know that answer now. But you have Gasicki. You spent a first-round pick on Waddle. You sent all those draft picks over to Kansas City to get Tyreek Hill. And you're looking at it, it's like, yo, Tua, you got some weapons now. It's not an excuse. So mm-hmm. to me, I think that's, Absolutely. A, that's a great case study of what you should do as an organization. Hell, even the Jets, bro. The Jets, second round pick on Elijah Moore. They spent money on Corey Davis. I know it was a couple of years before, but they tried to make the effort with Sam Darnold. And then they take... Garrett Wilson in the first round. They spent a second round pick on the running back. So what I'm getting at is I'm thankful for these organizations like Miami who are giving their young guy a chance to flourish. Let's not get it twisted, man. Mahomes came in, probably the best situation a guy has ever walked into. 
Like they were already like a playoff team. Best tight end in the league. <laughs> best tight end yeah. in the league. Best offensive coach in the league. Always gets forgotten. Andy Reid, it's like, oh, we love McVay. We love Shanahan because it's a new thing, right? It's like the LeBron factor. It's like, right. man, LeBron's right. the MVP every year. But when someone has a good season, it's like, oh, shit, this is the guy. But it's like, yo, Andy Reid has yeah. birthed a lot of these dudes. Like a lot of them are Reed's from. Been, Reid's been solid for years. Decades. Decades. He's been yeah, the guy for like, decades. So Mahomes steps into exactly. that situation. My guy, Justin Herbert, the Chargers got some weapons, bro. So if you're, yeah. if you're the Dolphins, this is the case study for the NFL. You have a young quarterback. You got to give him a chance to flourish. And that's what, why I'm thankful for what Miami did. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that setting your quarterback up for success is, is one of the best things you can do. We see so many franchises that don't do that. And you see so many franchises that, that just shuffle through quarterbacks year in, year out. I mean, the Browns are one of them. The Bengals were one of them. The Raiders were one of them. Um, and so to see, to see teams doing that and to see teams really setting their, quarter, their quarterbacks up for success and saying, hey, look, we're going to give you all the tools. And if you can't do it with those tools, then we know that you're not the guy. That's the way that you want to roll. Are you thankful for the Eagles? I, you know what? Okay, so I know this is going to make you mad, but I am. Because remember, I'm a Temple guy. My, all my fraternity brothers are, are Eagles fans. And so I got, a special spa- I got a special spot in my heart for the Eagles. You know, I, I went to the, the Eagles game on Thanksgiving when they played the Packers. Um, I, I got, to, got to party and tailgate with the Eagles fans a lot. Um, we beat the crap out of the Eagles in Super Bowl 15 where my dad had an 80-yard touchdown reception, Super Bowl record. 16 years, but well, I, I digress on that. I am thankful for the Eagles because when the Eagles are good, it, it's, it's, it's exciting for, for football. It's exciting for the NFC East. There's not a team that I hate more in my entire life <laughs> than Philly. There's no team that has caused more heartbreak for me as a Giants fan than Philly. Like I feel I'm 31. I'll be 32 in March. My generation, the 35 and under, Philly is a team that really just stabbed us in the heart, took it out, fucking just destroyed us, right? Like our morale <laughs> is not the same because of the Eagles. Everyone that's like 40 and above that are Giants fans, it's the Cowboys that that it was the, right. the issue, right? The team right. that really like slaughtered you. But for me, it's Philly. However, this year, invested a lot of money in the sports betting markets on the <laughs> Eagles because that's one way that yeah. I can hedge my anger towards them. Dude, I have a 30 to one. They have the best record in football. So I mean, they're they're playing some good football right now. And, you know, they're they're exciting to watch. And dude, another another case study, the Eagles, what they do. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, right? You take Jalen Hurts when you did. And it was yeah. it was very criticized you at out, the time. You get AJ Brown. You get AJ Brown, you have Dallas Goddard, you have Quez Watkins, who's your yeah, home Yeah, They were run saying that Jalen Hurts was going to be the worst quarterback. Yeah, they were saying Hurts was going to be the worst quarterback in that draft. And look at him. Devontae Smith also, you spend a high draft pick on him. It's very rare that you get a guy. The only guy I could think of is Andrew Luck, who walked into a situation where he had one weapon. It was like T.Y. Hilton. Reggie Wayne was still, at that point, was like a bona fide possession receiver. But Andrew Luck had no business taking those teams to the playoffs the first three years that he was there. That's a, that's a rare case, dude. Everyone else needs help. And I think the Eagles and the Dolphins, hell, even whoever walks into Detroit, I think moving forward, that's another situation too. I know we, we mentioned them before, but if Goff isn't the guy, you know, we haven't seen Williams yet from Alabama. He just got cleared off the ACL. 
I don't think we see him at mm-hmm. Thanksgiving because he just started practicing. But man, it's it's important for you to to help your young quarterback, and then it just sets up your franchise mm-hmm. moving forward to understand that you do have a guy. So I love what I love what Philly did. Absolutely. I hate it, but I love it too. <laughs> it Last just team, makes it makes the division competitive. Yeah. Last team I want to ask you for. You ask you about, I should say. I don't even know what that was. Uh, ask you about is San Francisco. And the reason why I want to ask you about San Francisco, is there a beef between Raider fans and 49er fans? Because you guys are both from the Bay. I feel like 49er fans want there to be beef with Raider fans. Like, it, I, I don't have a problem with Niner fans. You know what I'm saying? I, I have no issue with Niner fans whatsoever. Like, you know they they can do we're not in the same division yeah we're in the bay area i mean obviously the raiders aren't in the bay area anymore but we still rep the bay and but what, what i've seen is there's more beef on the niner to raider side than the raider to niner you it, it's like in social media it's like when i post something it's the niner fans that are that are commenting and when i look at niner stuff i don't ever really say nothing you know what i'm saying i'm like hey do you do what you do you know, uh, but there's there's definitely a a want to be beef. Um, unfortunately, there's there's not much beef. I can relate to that so much because the same thing with the Giants and Jets. We're we're not we don't we don't think about you, but you think about us. That's exactly it, dude. Because they're going through some shit now because <laughs> Zach Wilson ain't it, and the who no, it's it's been bad. He just got benched. They're putting in another quarterback. Bring it back to the Raiders. He's being compared to Jamarcus Russell. You don't want that. Well, when you and you've got players, you've got players on the defense side of the ball that are liking tweets about him. And so, you know, when you lose that locker room as a quarterback, you have two options. You have an option of you know trying to go on a an apology tour and try to get that back, or you just shut down completely. And I look at Zach Wilson as that kind of guy that that has always been always been privileged, always had everything handed to him. Has never really had to really work hard for anything. And so I don't see him, you know, building that trust with people. I don't see him, you know, being that guy that's going to be like, Hey, let's, let's, let's work through this and try to figure it out. Um, you know, his comments in the, in the press conference, it, it, it told a lot and his actions and his body language and all that, it told a lot. And really you look at the jets and that's another team that's really just a quarterback away. You know, Robert Saul has done an amazing job over there. And if they get they get themselves a quarterback, then they could they could really start rolling. I mean, Zach Wilson is the prototype of like the rich white kid that never deals mm-hmm. with any adversity. And he's like a frat star too, right? Yeah. Like his whole his whole swag about yeah. him and he in that in that press conference and even the fallout from it is he took no accountability. And then you look at a guy like Josh Allen. Dak Prescott, that video was surfacing of when they asked them about their mm-hmm. performances. They're like, I played like shit, man. Josh Allen against the Jets a couple yeah. weeks ago. They asked him, like, what happened today? He's like, yeah, I, I played like crap. Uh, I'm the reason why yeah. we lost. And then your teammates could look at that and be like, yo, you know what, man? You're accountable. We, we know that you're the reason we lost and you're admitting to it. But you just going up there and being like, hey, ah, I didn't let the defense down. When I had more incomplete you passes than I had complete passes. And, yeah. and they had as many, what was it, as many punts as he had completions. It's like, bro, come on. Let's, let's not get crazy. No, he had more punts. He had more punts than he had completions. Right, right, right. They had more punts. I think it was, than, think it was yeah, 12 punts, 12 punts, 10 completions or something like that. Like, bro, self-awareness, dude. But you, know, but you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of 
remember in any given Sunday when Jimmy Fox is in there and he's he's talking to the guys at the party and he's like, yeah, you know, if the defense go out there and do their job and they're like, you better not let Shark hear that. And he's like, man, fuck Shark. And then they go tell Shark and then Shark comes out with the with the chainsaw and, and cuts his car in half. It's the same thing. Like, don't. These are the guys that are going to be out there doing the job, trying to make sure that they hold the lead to make you look good. Don't throw these dudes under the bus because these dudes will turn on you real quick. Yeah, if you lose the locker room at that point, it's a wrap. Like, he's not, he, he's done it. Yeah. And he came out, Robert Sala, that is, came out and said, oh, his time in New York isn't, isn't done. We're just benching him. It's like, nah, bro, it's a wrap. Like, no, one, no one's going to want to play done. for this dude. Yeah. I'll, and he's done. not even the defense. Elijah Moore has been just blatantly be like, yeah, I don't know what's good with him. Oh, God. <laughs> He's just going yeah. out there and saying, I don't know what's good with him. Like, I'm uh, I'm open. I'm not getting the ball. Yeah. They're not scheming it to me. Like, I don't know what it is with him. And then watch a new quarterback come in and Elijah Moore ball out. And he's going to be like, look, see? Joe Flacco, anytime he steps in, that's when that's when Elijah Elite. Moore has his big games. <laughs> and even Mike White, too. Like, those guys, like the Elijah Moore yeah. stuff coming into the year, people were just looking at, like, the box score, like, the whole season. They're like, oh, you know, he started coming along. It's like, dude. All his production was not with Zach Wilson. It was very misleading. That's why it's important mm-hmm. to really monitor who's playing, when they're playing, who they're playing with when you're trying to evaluate all this stuff. I want to wrap the show up. I want to wrap the show up talking about what I think this weekend's best game is going to be. And it's Cincinnati playing Tennessee. Uh, the Bengals are, I don't want to say hit or miss, but they desperately need Jamar Chase back because I think. He's one of the most valuable players in the league that are not quarterbacks. Obviously, we know the quarterbacks. But from a betting perspective, he's one of the five or six wide receivers, Kenny, that if I know that he's out there or if I know he's not going to be out there, it's going to heavily influence how I'm approaching the Bengals. Yeah, I look at this game. uh, There's a lot of question marks in this game, right? You know, you have the is Jamar Chase playing? uh, What Bengals team are you going to get? But at the same time, you have the Titans who – Yes, they're they're getting hot right now, and they're they're starting to win some games. They just beat the Packers, but then you have the question mark around the offense and how is the offense going to respond to what just happened? You have offensive coordinator Todd Downing, who was arrested for a DUI shortly after the Packers' victory. Um, you know, where's his head at? Where is he going to be at in this game? Is he going to be ready to go? Is he going to be ready to coach this team? Are they going to be ready to play? Uh, we've seen this, you know, oftentimes where there's a distraction in the middle of the, in the middle of the week or in the beginning of the week to where it throws the team off a little bit. And so is this, t- is, is this team able to rebound from that? Uh, I think this game is going to be heavily li- reliant on Derrick Henry. Um, is he going to be able to, you know, continue to run, get off and, and run the way he's been running? Um, and then, you know, on the Bengals side of the ball, if the Bengals have Jamar Chase back, can that offensive line hold up and protect Joe Burrow long enough to where Burrow can get Chase the ball? And how effective is Chase going to be coming off of that injury? Yeah, man, we know all about the chemistry that Jamar Chase has with Burrow. And mm-hmm. I had I had put this tweet out that when Chase, the week that Chase got hurt and they were playing the Browns, I believe it was, everybody was hammering T. Higgins props, Tyler Boyd props, whether it was catches or yards and for guys to score a touchdown. And yeah, your, mm-hmm. your logic is, well... Chase isn't there. They're going to get more targets. True. And they did. However, their splits with Chase in and out the lineup are significant. 
T. Higgins gets three right. more catches a game when Chase is in the lineup. Why? Because all the attention is on Chase because he's the number one weapon. We saw how dominant he was, mm -hmm. especially Tennessee. Like last year, they played him in the playoffs, and they got a heavy dose of Jamar Chase. I think if Chase didn't play in that game, they don't win that game against the Titans. That's when they, they yeah. sacked Joe Burrow, was it like 12 times it was in that playoff game? Like they mm -hmm. were, that was the big concern. And he's a big part of their offense. And he's one of the five or six wide receivers I feel very strongly about when they're playing. And on the flip side, how the Titans are winning games is shocking to me, confusing to me. Like, what is it about Tennessee, bro, that they keep winning these games with not a lot of talent on their roster? A little bit. Of, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of luck. I mean, it's just like it's, it's football. Football is a little bit of luck and a little bit of timing. And it could go either way. And I was talking to, I had Chris Smith on my pod the other day, um, you know, former defensive end for the Raiders. And he said, you know, one of the things you have is there's more in the NFL, there's more losses than there are wins. You know, you're going to lose more than you do win. And when you do get those wins, it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of, of being in the right place at the right time. And I think that the Titans have just been in the right place at the right time and gotten lucky more than some other teams. They completed five passes against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, bro. Mm -hmm. And that game went into overtime. Yeah. They didn't pick up a first down yeah. in the whole second half. Like, they have no business being in these games. And I think it goes back That's to... That's what I'm saying. It goes back to Mike Vrabel. And I'm in this, I'm in this mega contest where um, I'm top 50 right now. It's five picks against the spread every week. One of the games that I've already locked in is Cincinnati minus two. And it is scaring the shit out of me, Kenny, because there is a, <laughs> there is a massive, massive head coach advantage here. Mike Vrabel to, mm -hmm. to Taylor, Zach Taylor in, in Cincinnati. But then it's the quarterback that's like the deciding factor, obviously Tannehill to Burrow. Yeah. But Vrabel won it last year. I think, again, he's in the conversation, man, for coach of the year. And it's a game that you know that the Titans – you kind of know what you're going to get out the Titans. Like, they're not going to get blown right. out. They're not going to back down. It's going to be ugly, but they're going to keep games interesting from a, from a viewership yeah. standpoint that you're going to be like, yo, dude, how? How is this? Yo, five passes. You completed five passes in an NFL game, and you mm -hmm. took, in my opinion, the best team in the league to overtime. Hell, almost to a tie, bro, on the road Sunday night football. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Who you got in this they game? They keep doing it. They keep getting lucky. I'm taking, I'm taking the Titans in this one. I'm going to take the Titans in this one. I just, with all the uncertainty around the Bengals, I'm taking the Titans. Yeah, yeah, because P Ryan is expected to get a bigger workload too in this one, and I wonder, I wonder if they're going to be able to rush the quarterback again like they did. Like, dude, last time we saw these two teams, Joe Burrow, I thought wasn't going to make it out that game. Like, that's one of his best performances. That offensive line. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they spent so much money on that offensive line in the offseason to to beat to beef it up, and it's still not good. And so, you know, the Titans have a good pass rush; they can get after it. And I, I yeah, I just I don't trust. I wouldn't trust a, a bet on the Bengals right now. Yeah, it's gonna be tough, man. That's the one. I, I felt really strongly about the five games that I pick every week, and as I'm getting closer and closer to potentially winning this thing, Kenny, I'm getting more and more nervous. Like, I'm not, I haven't bet NFL in a month. 
I'm only doing my five picks here because yeah. it's, I mean, the prize is wild, right? And I have a legitimate chance at winning it. So to me, all my main focus and energy is on this because like my $25 bet yeah. isn't going to do anything for me. This is like, this is like life-changing money I could potentially win. So wow. the five games that I'm picking, I feel good about, but there's always that one, one in, one out. And I think this game is going to be one of those games where I'm one in, one out. I don't know what I'm going to do until Sunday, but it's, it's Mike Vrabel, bro. It's Mike Vrabel. If they weren't playing yeah. the Titans and this was the line, if like he wasn't the coach, I'd feel so much better about it because the Bengals are the better team. And I think the, be the Bengals can beat them where the Titans are weak, right? Everyone's lighting up the Titans through right. the air with the exception of Kansas City, which was super weird. Again, that's why football, sometimes it also doesn't make sense. You're like, how, how is this? Everyone, Daniel Jones was lighting them up right. through the air. Pat Mahomes isn't, and they're at home. But yeah. to me, it's, it's one of these games where I think it's Tennessee making it ugly, Derrick Henry getting the ball 137 times and just trying to keep Joe Burrow off the field. <laughs> It's all about it's gonna be it's gonna be a possession battle, I think. And if you can if you can get Derrick Henry to average four yards a carry or more, then there's no stopping the Titans. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Cincinnati, especially if they do get Chase back. He just got cleared to practice, but it's I could also see them because they have weathered the storm a little bit, and you don't want him to come mm -hmm. back and then get hurt again. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I do think that the Bengals win this game. That two-point line is wacky. Short road favorite. Always just, you got to do like a double take when you're looking at those. But I do got the Bengals mm -hmm. winning this one. And uh, I think the better games are going to be on Thanksgiving, bro. The slate is kind of, it's kind of a, a weak slate this weekend. Yeah, it is. I'm excited though. I'm, you know, it's always great to watch football on Thanksgiving after you're, you're stuffed with turkey and then, you know, you, you got football Thanksgiving, you got all weekend, you got college, everything. So I'm excited. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch some football. We got, you know, turkey on Thursday and we got sea chickens on Sunday. So. I mean, dude, I, I get to watch the Giants on Thanksgiving. I think I've only done that one time in my life. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. And, and that game's going to be interesting, dude. I know this is going to air after we record, yeah. but it's not, it's not often last couple of years that the Giants have a winning record. Dallas has a winning record at the same time. So it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. I appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate you having me. You know, I'm always, I'm always available to come on. Where can they find you on social media? If they're not following me, I don't know what they're doing. But you can follow me on Twitter at Kenny King underscore junior. Instagram at the underscore Kenny King junior. Check out the website, KennyKingJr.com. And always podcast Real Talk with Kenny King Jr. with the Blue Wire Network. Oh, and uh, we just read up for another two years, so I'm stuck with you guys. Congratulations, man. I got to come on your pod and have Appreciate you run it. this show on that one. Yeah, man. Next time I'm in Vegas, maybe. Let's do it. Let's do it. Big ups to the members of the Patreon. Nick Chavez, Ben Kotsian, Christopher Villasquez, Derek Platis, Devin Rendon, Jordan, Mike Wozniak, Nick Crumbs, and Thomas Robinson. Thank you all for the support. Support for VM comes from the Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. There is a Discord. You get the betting picks. You get to ask questions for guests. You get to produce the show. You get shout outs. You get merch. Check out the Patreon and support the show. And we will catch you guys next time on Veterans Minimum.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.